Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Shri Vatsankam Mahoraskam Vanamala Virajitam Shankachakrataram Devam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Krishna Shtakamidam Punyam Prataruthaya Yafpatet Koti Janvakritam Papam Smarameva Vinashyati Om Tatsat Good afternoon. Welcome to Samjiva Nilayam uh, to discuss the Bhagavad Gita to continue our discussion, the third chapter. Uh, we're, we're finishing number 11 from last week, uh, starting in on number 12. So we'll do like we've been doing the last few weeks, recite each line twice and then the whole thing twice. Uh, and then go over the the translation and the words. So, any is there anything from last week? The, the uh, were we supposed to finish this devas? Yeah. With the um, the senses, the devas can be interpreted or have have three different meanings the senses in the body, in the realm of the body, the, the shining ones are the senses because the light, the information, the data comes in through the senses and then highly evolved beings, enlightened beings can be called devas, uh, cosmic forces that govern, you know, like sunlight does all kinds of things for our health for the cycles of water evaporating water season. Hmm? season seasons yeah all these kinds of things uh and and they all, all these things function uh not for their own benefit that's the the common theme through these different types different uh different manifestations of devas So let's do number 12, unless you have a comment or question. Is that an interest that they, the devas can be the, the senses? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd heard that before, but. Uh, Indra? Indra is the sense? No? Indra is the god, uh, and Indriya. Indriya is the senses and uh, i think crystal had asked if there was a connection between the two words and i looked it yeah. up and there actually is yeah. but i haven't found any information on what the connection with indra and the senses is uh if it's mythical or if it's uh there's some mystic indra is the god of strength right he's mm -hmm. a ruler of heaven and his principle of Indra governs the, the heavenly forces like that cause rain, uh, thunder. thunder, his weapon is the thunderbolt. Maybe it's, uh, it's Zeus. Like Zeus, Zeus, yeah. Zeus. And I think uh, in in Taoism it's uh, 
what's the, the name in Taoism? Uh, I forget. Yeah, they have, it's the same same type of character in Taoism. Uh, do you know the name? Yeah. Yeah. And there was one I was supposed to look up uh, something else, but I I I did not. So <laughs> my apologies for that. It was the uh, I forget now, but uh, it'll come to me in a minute. So let's do number twelve. Ishtan bogan hivo deva dasyante yagnya bhavitaha. Ishtan bogan hivo deva dasyante yagnya bhavitaha. Hairdatta na pradaya Yogunte stena eva saha. Hairdatana pradaya ibyaha. Yogunte stena eva saha. Ishtan bogan hibo deva. Dasyante yagnya bavitaha. Hairdatana pradaya ibyaha. Yogum taste in a eva saha Ishtan bogani bodeva Dasyante yaknya bavitaha Tiredatana pradaya ibyaha Yogum taste in a eva saha Cherished by giving. The devas bestow enjoyments upon you. What is given by them and enjoyed without also giving? Such a person is quite frankly a thief. Uh, so Ishtan, uh, like the term Ishta Devata, your chosen deity. Ishta means your, your wish, your desire. Ishtan, Bogan, Ishtan, Bogan, objects. Boga means in, uh, it's the, the root for enjoying or being nourished by something that's material that you consume or you use, you enjoy, or you get nourishment from it. Bogan. Ishtan Bogan Hi Bodevaha. He is uh, so, so cherished by giving the devas bestow enjoyments upon you. Like, so. Dasyante will give. Dasyante. Yaknya bhavitaha. So nourished. Uh, nourished by giving. By this, the yaknya, the, the sacrifice. Uh, and I, I read in the, the Yogananda, was came highly recommended to me to <laughs> investigate Yogananda's uh, Bhagavad Gita. The text is so small and the pages are so thin, it's really intimidating. <laughs> but uh, the, some interesting different ideas about the yajna. And, and it came up like uh, I kind of needed to look because uh, in the next one, he starts talking about food. And so and I, I thought, uh, let me let me just see uh, what does Yogananda have to say about the yajna, because yajna is uh, traditionally it's referring to a Vedic sacrifice, um, and and 
he's for the most part trying to address a Western crowd. So trying to frame it, clothe it, you know, in our own cultural um, things that we're familiar with culturally. Right? Uh, but he, so, so I was surprised that he actually refers to the Vedic sacrifice and the fire, uh, but he correlates it with um, the, the divine fire, the internal light, the divine uh, essence. So it's uh, like a manifestation of the supreme intelligence, the, the fire. Like that's the part that you can see, you can get warmed by, you can get nourished from, from the fire. Uh, it brings a calmness right? when it's dark, then it's spooky. You have a, some light and it, it brings some calmness to the uh, situation. So fire has a lot of different qualities to it. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Any other words in here? Okay, so so the thing here, right? The the theme of this one is right, in the previous one. Uh, if we if we nourish the the deities, we or we give service to the deities, then they'll take care of us. The theme, right? There's us. A cycle, a connection. We're connected to, like we're connect. If we take care of our environment, our environment will take care of us. If we abuse, we plunder our environment. Our environment will eventually plunder us back, pummel us, pummel us back. Right? So the same idea. There's a there's a wheel, a connection, a cause and effect between ourselves and things that we're in relationship with things that we're connected to. Uh, so he, Krishna is pointing out to us that if we don't give back, if we don't recognize this wheel, this cycle, that uh, we're, we're a thief, we're just taking. Uh, so somebody who, who gives more than they then they take that person. How do you think you feel towards that person? He feels. What? I think of somebody that's that's very has a very giving nature. They give more than they take. As a general rule, their behavior, their their presence. How do you feel towards that person? Mm-hmm. You don't know. I'm good. Huh. I'll be next to the person. You'll go next to that person, yeah. Because so you can get, because <laughs> you can get a lot from them because they just give freely. Yeah. Yeah, without any thought of things being taken from them. Yeah. So they're they're like, we we view them as saintly. We're attracted to them. They're very you know they're elevated uh, type of stature in society. That type of person. Uh Somebody who, who takes more than he gives, uh, he still gives. He's not like completely, but he's, uh, but he's not that person who's giving, 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 giving without any any um, restrictions, without 
uh, that person that we're, we're more cautious around them. Right? When we're around the other person, we're, we throw our caution to the wind. There's nothing to be cautious about around, around the person who just gives. Uh, is that a good thing to just give? Why would you just give when mm -hmm. then you become poor, right? Isn't that a stupid thing to do? To give mm -hmm. just so freely, thoughtlessly? Mm -hmm. That's for the good cause. The if that's like nonsense, reason. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna look at the investment of the of the gift a little bit. Is it a wise investment or is it a or a wasted investment? Is it gonna do good, or is I gonna give a dollar to the guy on the street and then he's just gonna go buy a beer and it's just I'm just mm -hmm. enabling him to. So that's not giving though. That's enabling. Right. right. So, so, so maybe there's some aspect of measuring out your giving. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. A lot to think about. there's a lot to think about. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a black and white answer. Yeah. Uh, but another side of, of giving, like to giving freely is. Yeah. Helen, it, she, she's oh. so, some some lady begging in front of grocery uh, store with uh, a baby. Yeah. So she wanted to let's give them money. Oh yeah, I've seen those people, so, right? Like, poor and let's give them money now. A lot. I thought about it. Probably it's not good for her, right? Well, um, how, how, it's hard to know. I, I tried to Unless you're clairvoyant, her. you know, yeah. it's hard to know. Yeah. Term. Yeah. I try to explain to Helen, but she doesn't get it. Yeah. But it's not necessarily like we know actually know. Mm -hmm. We're just using our our uh, our common sense or you know what we've learned mm -hmm. about these situations and making a judgment call based on yeah. some ideas that we gather. Right. It's not really like we have the wisdom to see into the situation that person specifically. Uh, yeah, so one side of giving that's really important to, to recognize is the lack of thought about yourself. When you, when you feel the instinct to give, it's a selfless, it, it comes from a selfless place. You see the other person and you're not thinking about the, the, the debt, the, the debit that's being accrued in, in your own well-being or your own uh, security. You know, I have less money now because I just gave them some, or I have less food because I gave some of my food away. Uh, So cultivating giving is is one way of washing the ego. This too much thought about your own self, mm -hmm. which prevents you from being able to take care of other things as much. Also, you know, you're thinking about yourself too much. Oh, I'm too hot. Oh, I don't have enough. Oh, I 
you know, these are all like not very happy things, you know, that when those thoughts come into us and they churn into our system, there's a constriction, there's a lack of joy. Our joy reduces with those types of thoughts. Whereas when we're giving, you feel the instinct arise from your heart to give to that person. What kind of feeling, what does what that person experience when they have that, as that instinct the right to give arises out of their heart? Isn't it a very beautiful, it's a very open, it's a very full, it's a very pure energy that's being generated from the heart. Uh, so, and then what was the last phrase here? Stena eva saha. Uh, he's a thief. Stena. He, he enjoys without giving. He just takes, 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 takes without any concern for how much he's taking and, and how much he's not contributing back. Is it so, steal? Yeah, yeah. Like a stea, stena. Yeah. So that person, and then when we see people like that, we recognize a person as having that kind of nature to them. What do we do? We run away, <laughs> run away. <laughs> They're completely untrustworthy, right? Uh, so these things, uh, this thing also affects not just the way we're able to take care of other people, but it affects also the way other things relate back to us. Uh, Yoga Sutra says, Asteya pratishtayam sarvaratna upastanam. If you're established in a very profound way, pratishtayam, established in a very profound way in non-stealing uh, or the opposite of stealing then sarva ratna all types of wealth ratna is gems that's a metaphor right for the things you need the 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 wealth you need to to exist in a healthy vibrant way sarva ratna upastanam uh I didn't, the Prajapati told us in uh, 310, right, if, we, if we go out and we prosper with this spirit of giving, this feeling of giving arising out of our heart that we're just, there's a genuine sense of generosity and concern for the welfare of other things, that feeling that uh, we, we elevate ourselves like instantly as, as we're experiencing that. And then, and it also, it's, it's, a, it's correlated with being the wish-fulfilling cow. From that kind of energy you generate, the things that you're going to wish for to want are going to be not for your short-sighted, selfish means or desires. They're going to be for other things. Like, I want more rice so I can feed my family. I want more rice so I can feed the neighborhood or some, you know, it's not just like I want a red car so I can, so everybody thinks I'm cool. <laughs> not that kind of wish fulfilling cow. But the spirit of, if you, the spirit of giving itself is the wish fulfilling cow. 
that kind of energy because it's pure, right? It's attracting the things that you need, the things that you need that you see, you see a need for something and it's for benefiting others, not just yourself. It comes to you when you're very well, very profoundly established pratishtayam in this giving. Well, as as a preliminary mm-hmm. for, you know, like a little kid who's, you know, you teach him not to steal. Yeah. But after you're beyond not stealing, then then what does it become for somebody who's like if you're talking to Yogananda, not stealing is not an issue that needs to be talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody like Yogananda, it has a has a it takes on from just being a uh, what's it what's it called a, a, a prohibition, right? Don't steal right? to to be well. Then you're not stealing. Well, what's it turn into when it when it really flowers, when it matures and blossoms? And not just that you don't take things that don't belong to you. Also, if you take more than you need, it's you taking from someone else that might need that. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Very very true. Yeah. So that's the kind of giving you, before you take it, you're thoughtful about, do I need it? Does somebody else need it? So that in and of itself is a type of giving that you're thinking about if somebody else could use it. Yes, that's what you meant? Yeah, spot on. 13. Yajna Sishta Shina Santaha Mujante Sarvakil Bishai Yajna Sishta Shina Santaha Mujante Sarvakil Bishai Bunjate Te Twagam Papaha Ye Pachantiat Bunjante teva twankam papaha ye pachantiat makaranat yaknas shishtashina santaha mujante sarvakil bishtaihi bunjate twagam papaha Ye pachantiat makaranat Yaknya shishtashina santaha Mujante sarvakil bishaihi Bunjate te twagam papa Ye pachantiat makaranat So the saintly person gets relief from all kinds of sins by partaking from the food that has been first offered to the gods as a sacrifice, as an offering. But those who prepare food for their selfish ends eat but only sins. Yep, yeah. The sacrifice. Uh, Last week we were translating it as the spirit of giving. And that's one of the things I was like, wanted to check 
with Yogananda. Uh, and uh, in interesting, you know, he talked about like devotion and um, I, think that I have a bookmark in here actually. Let me, let me read before we go into more words. When an offering is made of flowers or incense or flame from oil lamps or candles on the altar. So we do these rituals, right? We do puja. So it's some kind of elaborate ritual. <laughs> what are we doing all this for, right? It represents the devotion uh, of man towards God. So uh, he's acknowledging like the spirit of giving or this devotion, the uh, spirit of service uh, our gratitude. So we feel a sense of devotion to, to the thing that we're setting up this ritual towards. Because we're in a body, we live on earth, we have a material experience. So we, we create a material uh, ritual because that's how most people are able to in interact with things. Very difficult for people to just go directly into uh, the transcendental. Yeah. Uh, supposedly they have puja. They call it saguna with qualities, with material qual qualities to it, like, like this kind of puja, uh, or nirguna. Like, so there's saguna uh, god or ishwara in it's saguna with, with qualities. Like, so he has a personality. He has a form like Shiva or Vishnu or Ganesha or Durga, right? The saguna. And then nirguna, like when we say, use the word Brahman, we're referring to nirguna, Ishwara, uh, without any qualities. Very difficult for most people, ordinary people, to worship the nirguna. Uh, but they actually have um, one of the people... I was introduced to this. I studied with on one of my trips, uh, asked me which way I wanted to learn puja with him, sagguna or nirguna. As one of my only regrets in life. What did you say? <laughs> that I thought, what would Guruji want me to do? Okay. And so I, I told him sagguna. I thought Guruji would, would definitely tell me, you know, sagguna. So he would say, you're not ready for nirguna. So, so he, but I really wanted, you know, I'm really curious and I like, I wonder what I, like, how would they, how would you create a ritual around Nirguna? Like, or, yeah, what, I can't even conceive, right? Because it's supposed to be non-conceptual Nirguna. So how do you, how would you conceive? you have any ideas? No clue? <laughs> Think about it. Sorry. Get back to me. Maybe Shastri would know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He may not know, but I, I should ask him one day, huh? Mm -hmm. When we're in the back in the kitchen preparing the, the ingredients for the puja. Yeah, okay. uh, so when an offering is made of flowers, incense, flame, etc., on the altar, they represent the devotion of man to God. The flowers symbolize the fragrance, uh, the, the fragrant love of the devotee. And the incense conveys reverence. The flame typifies the light of calmness in which is revealed the divine deity. The calmness that 
it brings uh, and the light and the calm that comes with the light representing. Uh, so not, not necessarily like that that is actually it, but it's for us, it's a the closest tangible way, you know, we can relate. Uh, like similarly in Shanno Mitra Shambharunaha, that it, the mantra says that the prana that we can feel is the closest form of the Brahman, the near the nirguna Ishwara that we're able to conceptualize. So we can worship the the Brahma in the form of the prana that we're able to sense and, and manipulate and work with. Uh, in the same way, the, the light represents the, the divine deity that, that resides on the altar of the heart. So the, the external altar, the internal altar in the heart. I would think so, yeah. yeah. But but I suspect uh, there's more to it than that. There must, it must be like a, kind of a step closer for you. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. Some visualization uh, thing and mantras, probably, and maybe nyasa. Nasa, that's my the funnest part of the puja is the nyasa. When I, the first time I saw that, I was probably, that was like 2004. I thought, wow, that's so cool. I got to learn that someday. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I digress. We'll get back to, to um, where are we at? So the, when we, when we offer the food, the thing that the principle here that's that's happening, uh, which Yogananda helped uh, bring out, is the the feeling of devotion. When the when you're making the food offering, there's this devotion, and, and that's what's causing the purification. Right? Like we talked about, when you feel the instinct arise in your heart, your heart opens from the inside out, from this instinctual, uh, limitless energy of compassion that comes, arises right, to give to the person on the street or to take care of things that need taken care of. Uh, it's purifying. So the food uh, and but why are they limiting limiting it to food, or why are they referring it to food? That's what I was trying to make sense of. Uh, any ideas? Can you help me understand? Because you're harming something when you're eating. You have, I mean, there's no eating anything without harming something. Whoa, that's deep. Uh, 
Let me think about that. Can you, can you say more about that? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a vegetarian or not. If you eat a plant, you're killing something yeah. else. Yeah. You're and, an animal and you're taking it. Yeah. And even like with a plant, mm -hmm. I already know because I, I thought about this before. <laughs> There's like, you have to kill a lot of microorganisms and bugs and all kinds of life mm -hmm. has to die, be sacrificed to grow a plant for your food. And they till the soil. Tons of death going on when you're tilling the soil. Uh, not just bugs, but you know, all kinds of things going on. Uh, yeah. And then plus obviously you're killing the broccoli when you eat it. But it but it's more than that. All the forces and living beings that are involved in producing the broccoli in the first place. Um, what else? Why but why are they concerned with food? And how does how does the devotion, uh, in terms of like what you just brought up, uh, the the taking of other life to produce your food? What's that got to do with offering it to God? Well, before you eat it, I don't know about the ritual, but I mean, you're giving it to God by eating it too. I mean, yeah. Uh huh. Keep sustaining going. yourself. Uh huh. Taking care of yourself rather than uh, gratifying your your desire to your to eat. Uh, yeah, so I can see uh, when when you're eating, it, it, as it's a devotional, or there's a sense of devotion. Uh, then it, where's the where's the room for your your greed and your lust? I saw a lady in Trader Joe's yesterday. <laughs> she was quite large and she was eating while she was shopping and the food was like falling from her hand as she was shopping. I mean, it was like really, <laughs> there was something really like, I could, I had a hard time not staring. It was so interesting, so fascinating. <laughs> uh, you know, it was definitely, there was compulsion there, but, but it was, it was uh, a lustful. You know, and you can see the lustfulness quality in her body. You know, her, it wasn't just with food. You know, there was uh, energy about her of like wanting to enjoy all things material. Uh, it was really fascinating. <laughs> um, so that's definitely, uh, those two things, can they go together? I'm asking, I'm not telling. I mean, you the that that way of relating to the food, uh, and the, or the devotion, offering it to God before you eat it. I mean, as you're eating it, you offer it to God, or you offer it to God ritually, and then you eat it. You know, for a low-level person. It's not genuine if you're still compulsively eating. It's not genuine devotion. Uh, yeah, what well, I'm asking, like, is there any possibility for even a fragment of devotion? amidst that <laughs> being under this that kind of a spell of of, you're of greed and you're focused on exactly that say that again you're focused on what focused on yourself on your, again one more time <laughs> on yourself yeah exactly yeah so that's uh that's a real thing yeah just getting your mind up. Uh, 
Okay. Switch microphones. Okay. Okay. Switch back. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so the rest has kind of become self-evident then, right? Like if you're not offering it sin and then by this example, the Trader Joe lady, uh, I would normally expect to see that in Walmart. I was surprised to see it in Trader Joe's. Well, I was quite happy to see it. It's so fascinating. Uh, actually walked around the aisle, you know, and, and did a, you know, a, what do you call it? Like a, a drive-by again, you know, just to check it out again. It's like, I'm so bad, but I, you know, but, but it was, it was a pure observation of this woman. I was studying human behavior. <laughs> Kidding. Okay. Uh, so in a traditional sense, we have pancha maha yagyas, uh, five, five things, uh, five offerings, which also, uh, highlights to us five things that we that we're privileged to have in life. Uh, the Deva Yajna, first thing, you know, the most important thing is the divinity in us, in life, in everything that's the cause of everything being here in the first place. And so Deva Yajna is first on the list. Second on the list is Rishi Yajna. Rishi means the enlightened people who have produced the bodies of knowledge, the, body, the works, the Shastras and the, the Smritis the, and the Shrutis um, that we use to help us elevate ourselves, you know, to uh, improve ourselves. From from the the sacrifices that the rishis made, the enlightened beings or the wise people uh, before us have made, or the current ones, the ones that that are currently here, uh, being of service to humanity and the world, uh, they're giving a lot. They gave their whole lives to produce and teach, produce bodies of of knowledge and and teach us for our benefit, much more than for their own benefit. Uh, third on the list is Pitra Yajna. So in, in two levels of Pitra means father, a paternal, uh, referring to both your parents, uh, your grandparents maybe, and your ancestors then of course also. So they have like, like you were saying in Korea, you have monthly uh, mm -hmm. cycle of making offerings to your ancestors, then you have an annual cycle. Because we do uh, five generations of work. So grandparents, uh -huh. grandparents uh -huh. on the same day, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. So it's every month, 10 people. Every what? Every month. Every month. Oh, on, on their. Just yeah, on their passing days. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and then fourth on the list is Nara Yajna. 
man, mankind or giving back to the community, making some kind of contribution beyond just your, your kitchen. Uh, Bhuta Yajna. Like we put food out every day for the animals. What would be another form of Bhuta Yajna? Uh, going and cleaning up the trash from the creek. Yeah. Uh, could also be like you're saying with the food when you eat that you're more mindful of what you're eating, that it's causing less destruction, causing less loss of life, minimizing your how much you're consuming uh, through your, your life choices, food or driving your car. Um, so that, that's another way we could give back to, to uh, the earth and the living beings on the earth. Bhutti Yajna. Yeah. What is this from? Is this a uh, Good question. Uh, other than from the, the book here, I, I can't say. Yeah. By the way, so this is the book, Swami Chidbhavananda. I believe it's on the, on the website. Okay, ready? Anad Bhavanti Bhutani Parjanya Dana Sambhavaha Anad Bhavanti Bhutani Parjanya Dana Sambhavaha Yajnat Bhavati Parjanyaha Yajna Karma Samudbhavaha Yajnat Bhavati Parjanyaha Yajna Karma Samudbhavaha Anad Bhavanti Bhutani Parjanya Dana Sambhavaha Yajnat Bhavati Parjanyaha Yajna Karma Samudbhavaha From food, all beings come into existence. From rain is food produced. From yajna, rain proceeds. Yajna is born of karma. Uh, one second, I'm going to peek at the next one. Okay, yeah. So, uh, this thing with food, to me, I, I think... Like food is one of the most fundamental things that we require to build our existence in this dimension on the planet. So because it's the most fundamental, it makes sense to reference food uh, as a symbol, which includes food, but also then includes everything that we, we require uh, but at the very least, even if it's not intended to include everything else, it's being the most fundamental thing that we need. I think it's, uh, it's the right place to, to draw the emphasis to. And I think like we're so privileged in the United States to have grown up like without very, we don't have like, 
people coming like with guns to our houses, you know, and stealing our families in the middle of the night. Or we don't have a lot of things that a lot of other places around the world have to deal with. Uh, we don't have famine. I mean, I'm 53 years old. It's never been a famine in the U.S., but I've certainly heard of famines on a regular basis in other places of the world. Uh, so I think like as uh, Americans, it's a little bit difficult to realize the significance of refer the re of why food is the reference point because we take food for granted in the US. So I have to kind of like use our, our mind a little bit, our imagination to step outside of the comfort of the life we've been privileged to experience and realize like how valuable food actually is and how grateful we should feel that we have enough food, that we have food and all the forces and all the living beings that contributed to the prosperity that we have, the choices we have, the ease of acquiring that we have to, to have the food. Otherwise, you know, this, this verse, uh, the impact of it, the meaning of it is it's a little abstract, I think, and that's, you know, because we've had such a easy, unthreatened existence in the US. Um, so this idea that's being presented, right, this is very, this is a very primordial thing to talk about. It's a very primordial aspect of life on earth. Food, from food, all beings come into existence. All beings, even the cell, singular cells, right? single life cell, is that what they call it? They, they have to eat something, don't they? You must have studied biology, right? <laughs> I, is that true? Like little bacteria, they have to eat on every level of life. There has to be some kind of consumption. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually, it, it's, it's a very, very profound uh, thing to talk about, although it, it seems so common and ordinary and, and insignificant. Probably. Am, I, am I wrong to assume that for most people, that's the way when they hear us talking about food as like this thing that we have to worship before we all eat it. Uh, and now we're talking about like, oh, the beings, you know, rely on food to come into existence. It doesn't really automatically, we don't have the, the sense of, is that, is that true, you think? I don't think that most people think about it. Yeah, so it's, but if, but if you lived in Africa where there's famine, then it would be, yeah, without food, I'm dead, right? Yeah. So from food, all beings come into existence. Where's the food come from? How do we get food, right? Without rain, when we have drought, it's very hard on the food production, right? And then you have famine, right? These things come together. So from the rain, right, we need, we get food. Without rain, no food. Without food, 
no lot of suffering, eventually no life. Uh, where's the rain come from? So this is where it gets weird. <laughs> the rain comes from sacrifice, from yajna, from the Vedic sacrifice, sitting around a fire chanting mantras and throwing certain grains and different types of herbal woods and things into the fire. Uh, and, and then yajna, sacrifice, and, uh, and the karma, what's it say? From yajna is born from karma. So the sacrifices requires material act, activity. Uh, so what Yogananda is talking about is, um, I think, oh, here it is, a purva. Uh, the devotion the way it transforms your energy, right? If you have a, an anxious person sitting next to you, it's a little unsettling, right? You have an angry person sitting next to you. It's a whole another different type of unsettling, right? Uh, you have some really happy person walk in the room. Uh, you have somebody start laughing, like all these different types of energies that people can be exuding, uh, expressing, uh, have different effects on the environment, right? When you're around these different types of uh, emotional ways of being, the angry person, the anxious person, the, the jolly person, or the sad person, they, they, all, they all have a different effect on us. So the, the devotion, right? Our quality of energy change is transformed through devotion. Uh, and so they're proposing that from this elevated uh, and higher, higher vibration and pure quality of energy that we, that arises out of our hearts, that it supports the functioning, the healthy functioning of our environment. Just like if we, we take care of each other right? in the house, we can hold on to our own joy and not be so easily, uh, give away our joys very easily. Right? Then it helps the functioning of the other members of the house. So they're, they're conjecting that this, this principle is not limited to just this human realm that we can experience, but it extends into the realm of the cosmic forces, which are responsible for the rain. He's a good guy. Uh, not a paid commercial, Yogananda. That, uh, so, and they call this transformation is called a purva, a purva, the subtle force of, of the thing that's transformed. Uh, so the karma gets our actions of the giving and the rituals and whatnot, or the material giving or the knowledge giving, uh, or the giving of fearlessness. This is 
when when it's the energy is purified and transformed, elevated, it becomes yajna. So it's that purified energy, right? And some other uh, examples, more tangible examples, other than the like uh, helping your family function harmoniously by keeping yourself harmonious. Uh, this is the way sun converts the water into vapor. And then the vapor can accumulate in the sky and become rain. Uh, wood, it gets converted by the fire, becomes energy, light, and heat. Uh, and then, then the mantras that we chant when we do the rituals. If uh, whatever kind of feelings we put into the mantras, right, that's being amplified through the our concentration efforts. Uh, if we have, you know, if we're thinking about the wrong kinds of things or having the wrong kinds of feelings in our heart while we're doing the chanting and the ritual, that's what that's what we're amplifying. So the the devotion, that spirit of giving, is important for generating the right kind of energy and getting the energy of the Sac ritual to uh, have the right effect. Like I feel like when we, when we, the the way this altar is positioned in the house, it's like the bow of the ship because all the house is behind it, and it's like comes to a point, and so that it's like we gather up the ener our energies, and almost like the way. It, a chimney, like it'll draw the air from the house with when the fire is uh, blazing inside the the fireplace, right? It draws the air and as the heat rises up through the chimney, right? It's pulling the energy and going up and then out the exhaust of the chimney, right? So that's how I feel like with the altar, we gather up our energies. Uh, so it's very important that we're what kinds of feelings we're generating, allowing ourselves to entertain or cultivate while we're chanting. How's it going? What? <laughs> That's what I asked you. What's going on? Uh, 15. Karma Brahmod Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samud Bhavam Karma Brahmod Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samud Bhavam Tasmat Sarvagatam Brahma Nityam Yagne Pratishtitam Tasmat Sarvagatam Brahma Nityam Yagne Pratishtitam Karma Brahmod Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samud Bhavam Tasmat Sarvagatam Brahma Nityam Yagne Pratishtitam Karma Brahmod Bhavam Vidhi Brahmakshara Samud Bhavam 
तस्मागत ब्रह्म निज्ञे प्रतिष्ठित no karma to have arisen from brahma and brahma originated directly from the supreme imperishable the all pervading brahma is therefore ever centered uh, in acts of sacrifice so brahma this first brahma karma has arisen from brahma this first brahma refers to uh the universe which uh sanskrit jagat the universe which uh has all those natural qualities the gunas that's in constant motion uh etc etc uh also uh veda right veda is knowledge scientific knowledge knowledge of uh the cosmos cosmology uh the function functionings of nature etc uh time and space and causation all these things these are all part of the manifest the the jagat universe uh, uh which are being referred to with, with this first use of the word brahma uh and the brahma right so karma arises from brahma uh just like so uh food people arise from food and where does the food arise from from rain right yeah similar idea so the karma comes from the brahma the act uh the manifest is always in action there's always activity going on the beating of the heart the flowing of the blood the breathing etc etc the firing off of the neurons um where does the brahma come from the brahma originates directly from the supreme imperishable brahma brahmakshara sam brahmakshara samudbhavam samudbhavam uh so akshara uh i was got a little lesson here for myself cuz akshara also means a syllable I had no idea it also had this other meaning imperishable. Uh so I was confused why they're using this word akshara. So I had, had to look it up uh cuz I mean just the, they only give the one definition in in the Bhagavad Gita uh translation. But yeah there's a lot of different definitions for akshara. But so here it's being used to mean the imperishable or the in other words the eternal right that that which does not perish is eternal anything that was born what's its ultimate fate you were born you must die don't get mad at me it's i'm just the messenger <laughs> uh anything that's born dies uh your phone was born it's going to die someday your car was born it's going to die someday uh etc etc and but the imperishable was never born is eternal always was there before the brahma arose from it so that's the akshara the imperishable samudbhavam 
right? It's arise, arisen, the imperishable that's arisen, uh, or it's arisen from, what's it, what I put, arisen from, yeah, for some Baba. Uh, tasmat sarvagatam brahma, the all-pervading brahma is therefore ever centered in acts of sacrifice. Uh, oops, sorry. Let me, let me read the note here. When people take to life in the spirit of giving, the universe itself becomes elevated and sublime. Uh, that's this same concept, right? If we're taking care of our environment, then the environment will be much healthier and will in turn naturally uh, provide for us and help us stay healthy and vibrant. Therefore, the universe, the, the jagat, is said to be ever centered in yajna because it's that spirit of giving. So it's not that that the universe is always uh, privileged to have, be taken, be, to be well taken care of, to have living beings that exude this spirit of giving, but when when that is there then the then the functioning of creation is is at its best so that's that's what's meant by um creation or brahma is ever centered in acts of sacrifice if the act of sacrifice is not there then creation is off center out of whack Uh, 16, we do one more. Evam pravartitam chakram nanuvartayati hayaha evam pravartitam chakram nanuvartayati hayaha Abhayor Indriya Ramaha Mogham Parta Sajivati Abhayor Indriya Ramaha Mogham Parta Sajivati Evam Pravartitam Chakram Nanuvartayati Hayaha Agayor Indriya Ramaha Mogam Parta Sajivati Evam Pravartitam Chakram Nanuvartayati Hayaha Agayor Indriya Ramaha Mogam Parta Sajivati Arjuna he who does not follow the revolving wheel of sacrifice in life, living indulgently to please the senses, senses he lives, lives a life devoid of fulfillment. Mogam, in vain. He lives in vain, literally. Uh, how do you feel about all the repetition in the Bhagavad Gita? It's very repetitive, isn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, so it's the nature of the, you know, it's in verse. So it's poetic in each verse, I'm sure you've noticed, right? It has the same kind of measure meter to it. Uh, it's it's uh, conducive to chanting, easy for people to chant, much easier than something like the Purusha Suktam or Durga Suktam, right, where every line is different. There's no re repetitive pattern that you can recognize. It's, like, it's all over the place. So it's like classical music versus pop music or folk music. This is the folk music. So it has the repeating itself to, uh, it's to give us time to muse over the ideas. So it's not just about accumulating facts, like when we go to school in the university, right? Then the emphasis tends to be on memorizing facts and being able to regurgitate so we can pass our exams, yeah? Uh, is that true even when you get to like doing like your dissertation? Do you know? Depends how depends. Kind of student you are. Depends on some what kind of student you are. It, so, so some <laughs> not all dissertations are equal, in other words. Depends on the student. And so some students will approach it in a spirit of wanting to actually understand something new in a new way and others who just want to get the degree okay. yeah so yeah the, the Indian method you know uh, just to be able to debate facts is not not regarded as a very that doesn't help you to overcome your uh, ignorance or misconceptions so going over the same ideas from slightly different perspectives saying the same thing again and again and again slowly going around uh to different ideas but more or less like they're all kind of pointing towards the similar theme so we're digesting concepts is the idea rather than just memorizing the fact otherwise we could have been done with it in one sutra right and gone on to like with the sutras it's much more like it's a different concept being presented each sutra in in this it's uh yeah it's for you do the chanting and traditionally you do lots more chanting probably be, before you even get around to talking about what it means Uh, good. You, you understand this connection with, uh, or this reference to the revolving wheel? Yeah, so here, that's that's the first thing I thought of too. Is like, are they talking about samsara? What are they talking about? Uh, so it means it's like like the water cycle. Yeah, that kind of wheel. So 
yeah, it's revolving like samsara revolves, but, we're, but in this dimension, in the Brahma, the Jagat dimension, we need these things to sustain this dimension of existence. So we have to take care, we have to recognize this wheel that we're, we're part of this functioning, like a gear in a machine, or just part of the machine. So we have to take care of the whole machine. We have to keep our eye out on, on the things that are taking care of us. Right? If we remove the air from the room, don't tell where I stole that from. <laughs> you read that yesterday, right? No. Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, we don't give any thought to the the air in the room, but if the air was removed from the room it would be a big deal to us. <laughs> and so there's lots of things that we're connected with that we don't think about, but if they weren't there, we would be in big trouble. Uh, and that's what uh, Krishna is telling us, pay attention to these things that were, were uh, only a component of the cycle. What's uh, Chief Seattle's quote? Uh, one is the we do not own the earth the earth owns us or we are part of the earth and there's another one about the web of life we're just uh anybody know this quote uh, uh we're we're just part of the web of life same idea exact same idea we're, that that's what's intended by the revolving wheel the chakram the chakram Pravartita, the revolving chakra. Pravartitam chakram. Uh, yeah, and if we don't, if we don't see, it, we get fulfillment from from nurturing the whole the whole our whole environment, or we live in vain by being short sighted. Like my friend in Trader Joe's yesterday. <laughs> now what's up, Jason? Uh, not much. No? no. Are you studying the Bhagavad Gita with us? Are you just hanging out? I'm listening. Okay. Do you take care of? Uh, your siblings sometimes what happens when you guys fight over who's going to get it uh, and nothing <laughs> I don't think if you ask your person sitting to your left she'd agree with that uh, you like it when people take care of you right yeah. How does it make you feel when you're well taken care of? Pretty good. Pretty good? That's a great response. All right. Yeah, so that's what they're talking about. Then we take care of that, uh, that which is taking care of us, right? So who do you need to be nice to? Sure. Everybody, right? Otherwise, there's going to be fighting and crying and then no sodas with lunch today. You guys are, 
not getting sodas with lunch today or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know where I got that idea from. <clears throat> Om Tat Sat <clears throat> Om Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahim Mahishaha Go Brahmanebhyaha Shivamastunityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Bhavantu Kale Varashatu Prajanyaha Prativi Sasya Shalani Deshoyam Shobrita Brahmana Santunirbhyaha Aputra Putrina Santu Putrina Santu Pautrinaha Adana Sadana Santu Jeevantu Shadam Shatam Sarvesham Swastir Babatu Sarvesham Shantir Babatu Sarvesham Purnam Babatu Sarvesham Mangalam Babatu Sarve Babantu Sukinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makashitukha Bhagavet Om Shanti 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 Satoma Satkamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Vrityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Tat Sat Brahmarpanamastu Thank you so much. Yeah.